What's going down? You tuned into the Jose Morales podcast. This is episode eight of season three, and I am blessed to have our second guest of this season, my man Matt Bodro. Yeah, nice. Bojo. Yeah, nailed it. That, nah, you know, is no, that really how I say it? Yeah, for real. That's how I say it. I don't know if that's how you say it. So, but that's how I say it. <laughs> that's the California version. Uh, how do you have you? What is it? Is it French? So is it's, it... Yeah, dude, it's French. So when I go, like, if I've I've spoken in France, I've spoken in Canada. Like when I speak there, where they speak French, they say it all pretty. But was it, I grew up in was Cal- it was it a pretty way? I grew up, dude. Let me I can't the best do it. I say both. Nah, nah, let me hear the You heard it. They're all like the best version. You know, I mean, they all that. It's super French, dude. Like you got to put your pinky up. Oh, that's badass. Yeah, yeah. So thank you guys for for tuning in for this episode. Very special episode. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but the main one that I love and the reason why I wanted to have this guy here is because the way he is reconstructing the education system in this country, in this world, actually, worldwide. And I love what he's doing at Acton Academy. There's a lot of similarities as far as the vision, as far as uh, how, how I... Uh, come across with all my boxers and everything. So I'm like, man, I need to have this guy on. I'm blessed to have you. And um, and not just to have you here, man, I'm blessed to know you and call you my friend, man. We've been friends for quite some time now. Yeah, man. I was actually on your podcast yeah. uh, two years ago. Yeah, which is a trip because yeah. you were one of the first within the, fr- I'd have to go back and take a look, but somewhere between like two and five, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you were, like, it was early on, man. And we're, you know, we're 150 almost episodes in now. So, so um, you helped kick it off, man. Talk about your podcast. Shout it out. What is it called? Cool, and- man. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, The Essential 11. Um, and so the whole thing started with the concept of going to people who are phenomenal humans first and then good operators as well, right? So business owners, um, you know, uh, movie stars, professional athletes, whatever, and getting their advice to young people. So it's kind of like uh, Tim Ferriss's tribe of mentors kind of deal, right? Mm-hmm. So I did a, a focus group. We had 1,500 young people, ages 13 to 22. Uh, and we said, what do you want to know from these, from these people? And they gave us their top, you know, their top questions. We cultivated that down to what we, uh, that top 11, the essential 11. And we just used that as a framework for conversation. So um, wisdom from guys like you, wisdom from, you know, Gary Vee, Patrick, Bet David, whatever. Um, and they're pouring into the young people, man. So it's a yeah. blast. I, I thought it was an, uh, I, when I'm going into it, I'm like, wonder what he's going to ask yeah. me. But it was, <laughs> yeah. it was off the chain. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. And I actually shared it with some of my teens here because I'm around awesome, a lot man. of youth. I'm actually a teacher yeah. like you in a different way. But there it is. So you have not checked out the Essential 11 podcast. Tune in to that. Subscribe. Also subscribe to ours if you have not. Mm-hmm. And typically I start off the podcast. I like to give an update of something new or something going on in my personal life, something like that. Yeah, yeah. In this uh, scenario, I want to talk about, I don't know if you heard of it. This is something new that I recently found out. Uh, have you heard of Meta World? Is it something to do with Facebook? Uh, like yeah, what, Facebook's it, transition? Yeah, Facebook, okay. Instagram. Okay. Have you heard of it? Okay, I have just, I know that much. That's it. Yeah, you you just got of, all my knowledge right there. Yeah, that yeah. you're similar to me. I didn't okay. really know much about it either. Yeah. Um, something about, uh, I think they own Facebook, Instagram, or something like that. I'm not sure. The, I don't know the ins and outs, okay. but uh, actually Amy was telling me that it's called Meta World, where it's kind of like a U-verse, where people are actually buying real estate in this- In this- In that, okay. In this made up- Got it. Uh, world Got it. that it's all that's a trip to me it's a trip it's a trip to and, me it's kind of like that whole nft sort of deal right like yes. it's all people people spending a whole lot of cash in the virtual in a virtual world that's really not real but yeah. it's real for them and i guess you can go on dates with people on here you can build a house you can you can say oh i live next to snoop dog and buy this house in snoop right. dog's neighborhood in right. this virtual world and I, stuff like that uh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I don't, dude, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about that, man. Um, I, I was the same way, man. That's a trip. I, I, see, I try to look at it a couple of different ways. I try to be like, I think of it sometimes with stuff that goes on now in, this, in the new era with the younger people. Yeah. I try to look at, by, at it like how when I was young and older people looked at what I was doing. Yep. And I'm like, maybe it's that time that people things are just changing. Yep. But then I'm like, is there a fine line between times changing and us getting dumber. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. Yeah, dude, you but, summed it up. Yes, man. No, I, I get that, right? And so that it's, and I wish I had the answers to that, man. Because so you know, part of my one of my businesses too is is I speak to a lot of companies and I speak to a lot of Fortune 500 companies, and mm-hmm. I've and I've gotten to work with a lot of organizations over the past decade. 
And I talk about generations and we talk about generational trends. We talk about that very thing, right? Because I'm trying to help these organizations understand, okay, how, to, how do I find good young talent? How do I lead them? How do I create that loyalty like we were talking about before we started, mm -hmm. right? With like with Andy and what he's doing. So how do we create that loyalty? How do I lead them, manage them, retain them, um, all of that? And then I help the young people too understand, okay, well, we got the older people who are maybe in these managerial positions, but they look at the world differently too. And I try to get both sides to understand there's reasons you look at the world one way and somebody older looks at it a different way, somebody younger looks at it a different way. All these things shift our perspective, yep. right? And so we gotta understand that and appreciate that. But that is the fine question, right? At what point does it not matter that it's generational? It's just like, dude, what are you doing? Yes, you know, and exactly. I don't know where that line is because there's. I'm, I could probably say that's stupid, and you should live in reality. And then some, you know, eighteen-year-old is going to make, you know, twenty-five million bucks on something and, and call me a moron. So I don't know, man. Yeah, whoever came up with that idea is genius. Yes, though, sir. Because you got people all scared of COVID, yep. staying home and isolating themselves from right. the world, and now they can hang out and go on dates. From home? From with, home. From, with, you know. And so then I see the other side too, though, where you got people that are like, cool, man, well, that's just going to encourage people to just be lazy forever and be, be home. lazy, stay yep. home and not do anything. And unhealthy you know. and, and yeah, yeah dude. And we bad. see that. I mean, we see it with kids, right? We yep. see it already with kids. You work with a lot of kids. I obviously work with a lot of kids. Um, and that's one of the biggest things we've seen is that there's so much distraction. Like when we grew up, you know, there's something, especially with young men, man, there's something where, um, you know, we've got this inner desire. We want to move. We want to be physical. We want to go, like, there's a DNA there. We want to go accomplish something. We want to go battle something. We want to go slay a dragon, whether that's, you know, obviously metaphorical, but um, whether sometimes that drives us to get in the ring, sometimes that drives us to go compete in another sport, whatever that is, we want to conquer something. Yeah. What I've seen with a lot of this younger generation is that um, the rise of, of video games and all these things. And again, people can game, don't game, whatever you want to do, but you get that rise. Some of these kids, like that is where they get that victory mm -hmm. and they get it six, seven, eight hours a day. So that's checking off that box for them that they've accomplished something. It's checking off that box, dude, that I'm conquering that dragon. But the problem is you're, you're conquering in this box. You're not actually physically moving. You're getting physically weaker. They're not getting any kind of sunlight, right? So health is deteriorating. Mental health starts deteriorating. They start going to things in the world like school, whether it's good school, bad school, doesn't matter. They start going there and they're like, well, what the hell do I want to do this for? I got that dragon to slay when I get home, right? And yeah. so that becomes this all-encompassing thing and it actually goes, you know, works to their detriment. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's hard now, man. It's harder to be a parent. And you know, then it ever has sure. been with all these things. But that's why people like you are making a change in this world. True and as story. you see, look, this yep. is just an update that we talked about and you can see the knowledge this guy brings to this and the type of conversations that he's gonna have with us that makes this episode so great. Um, I haven't even really introduced the guy yet. We talked about Meta World mm -hmm. and he went crazy. He started like, <laughs> hold up, let's yeah, talk about yeah, parenting yeah, real quick. So <laughs> let us know, man, give us a background on you, man. Who are you, what do you yeah. do? Uh, for uh, tell us, give us a four one one on you. So I don't even know what four one one is. I'll get, dude. Not. They probably don't. Man. <laughs> they probably don't. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'll give kind of the high, the the kind of high level. I mean, I've been in education for a long time, coming on like two decades now. And so when I say you know I've been in the in that game, I I actually started at Stanford University and was working there for quite a while. So I got to see the game, and I always say game very, very, very intentionally when I talk about school. Um, because it is the business of it has been more of a game than it has been, you know, education. So I, I learned that early on at Stanford. We're going to um, talk about this game more. Yeah, We're going to get into 100%, it. hundred percent, right? man. But let, 100%. Let, I'm going to let him finish his introduction 100%. because this game that he talks about is a big, big problem. I think. It's a huge problem, man. And and we're we're going to address that. But go yeah. ahead, keep going. People so don't you realize work. what a game. So I end up I end up there, and again, that was post college. I had turned down a job. I was telling you not too long ago. Turned this down a job another at, part. At the, you uh, have to go over service. This. this is uh, a dope ass story. Go over this. Go <laughs> yeah, over this. We had lunch, <laughs> and he told me this, and I had my. I was like, wow, because I'm a look. I'm I'm a. I'm one of those people that people, I'm a conspiracy theorist. That's what people, my oh, friends I've, call me. Trust me, I turned into that too, man. Yeah, and, and that label. Yeah, conspiracy yeah, theorist. Uh -huh. So then when I talk to people like yourself and you tell me shit like that, I'm like, look, there he goes. And then you say, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Bro, that's, why, bro, that's why I got pulled. That's, that's part of where that whole thing 
started for me, right? So, all right, yeah, tell the so story. Coming out of college, man. Awesome story. Coming out of this. college and and uh, had all my had all my straight A's and and you know whatever. I got my straight A's in high school, straight A's in college, which didn't mean I was that smart. It just meant I understood how to play the game of school, right? That didn't translate into anything because I was useless. There was nothing I was. There was no value I was necessarily bringing to the real world. I was good at sports. I was good at girls. All done. That's a like good that's combo. it was ah, a good yeah, It was fun. Like, no, no. It was fun. But, <laughs> but I got for nothing. Life. <laughs> but dude, it's not for life. I got nothing else to offer, right? So I'm trying to figure things out. So my senior year, 9-11 happens. And I'm like, all right, well, that might be cool. I've got friends, you know, I grew up in a law enforcement family. I got friends that are in uh, military and special operations, and I got friends in, in secret service too. And I'm like, man, you know what? That might be kind of cool. So I apply, and so my whole senior year as I'm finishing up school. Um, I'm going through the background process for Secret Service. So I get offered uh, conditional employment, just meaning all you gotta do is graduate from college, you just gotta finish. So I get offered that in March of 2002, and I'm gonna graduate in May, and as soon as I graduate in May, I'm gonna head out to the White House and, uh, and start working there. So I get that conditional offer, and I'm all excited, and uh, a friend of the family, a gentleman named Michael, uh, came back, and he's been working for Secret Service, he was about ready to retire. He's like, man, we got to have a talk. And uh, we sat down and talked for probably about three hours, man. And he's just like, look, this is all, these are all the reasons you don't want to do this. And it really boiled down to integrity. He was like, you know, the, um, you know, this whole thing isn't exactly as it seems. Even just this whole 9-11 thing is not exactly as it seems. The Bushes and Bin Ladens have been friends as families for a long time. He starts going into all this stuff. And he's like, you know, there was Bin Laden's brother was at the White House the day before 9-11 hit. He starts sharing all this stuff. He's like, you're gonna be li like, you're gonna lie. You're gonna lie as part of your job. You're gonna lie to your family. You're gonna lie to your friends. Um, you know, and so he's like, dude, you're, you're, you have to sacrifice your integrity. Um, and that, for better or for worse, you know, growing up and all the mistakes I made and all the, you know, the weird things with the parents inside now, but the integrity is something I just never, I'll never compromise. I just can't. Um, so turned that down um, and then graduated and, so then I had to figure out what to do with my life, you know? And so it was all those odd jobs Crazy there. Shit. So, yeah. Crazy so, shit. you know, so it's stuff like that. And now having friends that were in the CIA forever and working with big pharma is some of my clients and all that. So I've got more to add to your conspiracy theory. So I'll, yeah. we'll hook all that up too. Um, <laughs> Let's not make it a so, conspiracy No, we're not going to do it, but, but we got plenty to talk about. For sure. Keep going with that. So after that, you, do, yeah. you turn down that position. And yeah. you, said you worked at the mall, remember? I've been at the store. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. go into it. Give me yeah, your whole dude. story. So, this is a great so, story. I love, I love so, how you, I love how everything turned you out. It turned, but made you a better person at what you're doing now. Like all this added man. to this, why your dude. vision and what you're doing now is so great. And that's, and that's one of the things, especially for young people to realize, man, is I always tell people collect experiences because if you collect experiences, that's going to give you, you know, I say it's fire aim ready, right? It's not ready aim fire. You collect experiences, you fire, you say yes, and you just go forward. And then what that's going to do is it's going to give you at that point a little bit of direction. And then you can start to aim and start to go forward, collect more experiences to eventually get to that ready point, right? And so this was definitely a case of that. So I turned on that job, I graduate. And I've got nothing really, so I'm I'm at the mall with some of my boys, and it was the old, you know, um, this was you guys got to remember this is uh, early 2000s, right? And so somebody comes out of this this store, and and everybody knows it, uh, Aber <coughs> Abercrombie and Fitch, and uh, <laughs> everybody knows it, and everybody could smell it uh, in the mall, especially back in the day, man. And that was like, at that time, it was like the you know, it had a different kind of popularity. So yeah, a lady comes out, and she's like, dude, you ever, you know. You ever thought about working here? I'm like, no. She's like, well, did you graduate college? And I'm like, yesterday. And she's like, well, if you did, you're, you can manage here. And I'm like, cool, man, I need a job. So let's roll. So um, so started working for that company. Uh, thankful for it because I actually met my wife there, um, which is cool. She was one of the first, you know, I went to the Pleasanton store um, here in California. And, and uh, she was the first employee that I met there. So we became friends for a couple years. Um, so that's obviously worked out well. So, uh, so <laughs> I know. Can be fish, ever can do that, <laughs> up, man. So I, I've got no, you know, I got no bad blood there, man. Um, so worked for that company for a couple of years. But as I was walking, you know, going around and opening all these stores and everything, I had this guy that came in and uh, was helping his family out. And we got done and he's like, hey man, like, you know, I've been in here a couple of times. I always appreciate what I see from you in here. I always appreciate your hustle. I always appreciate your, um, your outlook. You always, you're, you're very positive. You're, would you, I've got a series of, of businesses and I'd love for you to come work for me. 
And I'm like, cool, man. I like, what, what do you, what do you do? He's like, well, I'm in the fitness industry. And I'm like, cool. I graduated and I was an athlete. I graduated with a kinesiology degree. And he's like, awesome, man. I would love for you to come. Um, I have some companies, you probably heard of them called 24 hour fitness, you know, so it was Mark Mastroff, right? Founder of 24 hour fitness. And I had no idea who the dude was, but just doing the right thing while I was there, even at Abercrombie and Fitch, right? Just working hard, trying to make sure I'm like, dude, I'm working at Abercrombie. This is obviously isn't a long tail thing, but I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And I'm going to be the best employee that we've got, yep. you know, in that hustle, right? So that opened up to, uh, to, to Mastroff and it ended up being the same kind of thing, you know, working there for a couple of years, great opportunities. And it was same kind of situation where somebody was like, Hey, I've got a position open at Stanford. You're really good at, you know, I had done a seminar there and they're like, I love having you up in front of people and what you're doing. We're kind of starting like a, um, a development sort of thing at Stanford. Would love to have you come do, you know, corporate trainers. So that's what got me into education. Um, so, but always just doing the right thing. Right thing. Yep. So um, started out at that, at that high level and, and learned that I loved, you know, being up in front of people and helping people and, but was seeing the game of ed and was kind of going hmm this is interesting all right well maybe i can change it maybe i can change what i'm seeing if i kind of start down at the bottom right and start yeah. start teaching um so went into teaching started teaching in, in stockton areas right and, and uh so going into some some rougher spots and some um you know gang related activities i remember the first principal i interviewed with she's like look we got some rough students here she's like you're you know you're kind of this pretty you're kind of this pretty white Come kid. On, your resume says Abercrombie and Fitch. Kind of, you came from Abercrombie and Fitch. You're this pretty white kid, you know. And I'm like, all right, man. You know, like I get it, but I also grew up. You know, like you and I were talking about recently. I grew up, and I had a lot of friends in that were in gangs and had gone down mm -hmm. that road. And um, and so I, I'm interested, man. Like I want to jump in and work with. That. I can connect with these kids, man. It'll be cool. So. <laughs> um, was a public school teacher for a while, and um, public school teacher to public school administrator, and. Um, all the while learning the game and seeing that it's not about kids. We're going to get into the game. But before we mention this game, I really, the, you're like a life testimony of what I talked about in the previous episodes. I've had, mm -hmm. I talked about finding purpose and getting, a, I have a lot of people that were like, that mentioned to me, well, I don't really know how to find mm -hmm. what I want to do good. And you just said it straight, Dude. the same thing. Just go out Co there and shoot. Collect experiences, yes, man. And that's, Collect and, Dude, so it's not that hard. Um, it's not, no, I shouldn't. So it's simple. It's never easy, but it's simple, right? The process. So Mike, you guys, uh, Mike Rowe, uh, Dirty Jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. Right? I've heard of him. So one of the things that he always said, and I got to do a speaking engagement with, with him uh, in Ohio a few years back. One of the things that he was saying was, you know, he says, people always talk about, you got to go, you got to find your passion, find your passion. He says, no, man, you bring your passion to everything you do, no matter what. And then you'll figure out what kind of things you like, what kind of things you don't, but you always do it to the best of your ability and you do as many things as you can, right? And so that has definitely been the thing is, is how many experiences can you collect? How much responsibility can you shoulder? Because if you do that, it starts to open up. And the way that I always explain it to young people is I say, man, if I asked you to tell me what your favorite food was, but all you've ever eaten are the same five foods, well, you're gonna pick. One of those five foods. One of those five foods, yeah. right? But if I take you to a buffet every single day and I just go, man, start eating. Go over here, go over there, go to the seafood, go to the Chinese food, go over here, you know, grab some tacos, grab a steak, grab a, whatever. And you just start, like, that becomes your thing because you try everything. Well, then not only can you give me a, a more realistic answer because you know what you like, you know what you don't like, but you also can start to get creative with that too. Right, and you can start to go, hmm, man, I really like this, but I also really like this. I wonder if there's a way I can fuse this together, right? And then that's how you can start to create something different and you yep. start, but you can never do that if you've only eaten those five foods, right? And that's what experiences are. So if you wanna find your purpose and passion, you go collect as many of those things as you can to the best of your ability oh, you know and that. it starts to clarify. Perfect, perfect way But it comes with that first, right? It's yep. a responsibility I'm first. trying it then you get the freedom of knowing who I am and where I'm going. Yep. And then also while you're doing it, another thing that can happen when you're there is you can see so many things that you didn't like. Like you said with the totally. education system, like, oh, I fucking I don't like this. I don't this. like this, yes. And then boom, Acting totally, Academy man. is born. That's it. And yep. our kids, same thing. Like they'll go through all these different projects every single year, right? And all these different um, individual projects, collaborative projects. And sometimes they come up to us and they're like, ah, I don't really like this one. I'm like, cool. Fix it. So what? Yeah, that's it. Do, do, do the best of your ability. 
get as creative with it as you can. And then at the end, you're gonna find out one of two things. Either one, you were able to change something, you actually like it more than you think, or two, maybe you really did hate it, and that's cool too, because now you never do it again, yeah. and you know, right? So many people come out and they're like, all right, well, I hate this question for young people, but what do you wanna do when you get older? I hate that question. The question should be what problems do you wanna solve and can you start solving stuff now? That should be the question. But what do you wanna do, right? So then they pick what they hear is, I wanna be a nurse, why? Okay, because uh, I think I, I get to help people and I heard them make a lot of money and I hear that it's in demand. You don't know <laughs> shit about nursing. You don't know if you want to do it because if you knew you wanted to do it, you wouldn't be able to stop studying it right now. Yeah. Right? You just think you want it. So then that what happens is they pay, they go to school, they get their nursing degree and they go in and they're like, ugh, this sucks. I don't really like it because I never really knew what it was, but now I'm stuck and I've paid all this money. And That's why you have so many unhappy adults doing things for so long that they don't want to actually do. Right? Yep. So do the things early, experiment, put your passion into it, try it, and then you can actually make an, an, an educated decision. Let's talk about this game. I think you kind of went into it right there, but let's, let's, let's dive into it. Yeah. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this, this um, topic up real quick. Recently, I went to Acton Academy and we did the, what is it, a tour? What, is, what do you call yeah, it? Yeah, like an info session, open it, house kind yes. of deal. And I'm I'm gonna I'm enrolling my son at his school, Alonso, mm -hmm. and I love everything about Acton Academy. I have always have. Yeah, appreciate that. The beginning, I was trying to get my son in the, from the very beginning, and my wife, I had to get my wife yeah. on board. My yeah, wife yeah. was like, ah, da, da. yeah. Long story short, what I really liked that you said that day is how you went into detail explaining how you bring the best out of each hero, mm -hmm. each hero being each kid. Yep. And yep. how you have different options and they don't all have to be entrepreneurs, they don't have to do the end yep. of the day, they're doing what they like and yep. where their passion's at. Yep. And this comes from the game you're talking about. Yeah. Explain how that was born from this game. Like, yeah. Give me from the the birth to where it's at now. Go. Give me the so, whole lowdown. So, you know, the game of, of school, and so like you said, you got you to talk your wife into it, right? Because what we've been trained to believe is that the young person, in order to grow up and have opportunities and, and whatever in the society, and it was true, sort of, kind of, for a small period of time, is that you need to do this game called school in order for opportunities to open up, right? Uh, the, the problem is that game of school was built by people who wanted to create a population who was smart enough to follow directions and would follow directions to whoever claimed to be authority and they would follow them like that, but not really think enough for themselves to do things differently and do things better, right? That's ultimately in a nutshell how that game was created. So school is created to really actually disconnect you from the real life. If you think about it, let's, let's talk in terms of boxing. Right, if you got a five-year-old who's coming into school and says, I want to I want to learn boxing, school says, All right, cool. Right? From a theoretical standpoint, all right, cool. Um, well, this is gonna be your teacher this year. That teacher has probably never actually boxed, probably never actually been a boxer at all. Maybe read a couple books on boxing, but they're gonna be the teacher. And then they're gonna teach you how to uh, you know, memorize certain names of boxers and when they box. And they're gonna teach you to memorize some of the you know, fights. Mem they're gonna, you, they want you to memorize that, you know, and you're gonna take a multiple choice test to know that Mike Tyson knocked out you know, Spinks in, in 93 seconds. Um, you're gonna memorize all this, and then you're gonna create a, a trifold board about your favorite boxer, and that's gonna be arbitrarily judged by, by somebody who's coming by, right? Whereas you go, okay, you wanna learn to box? Let's box. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. I've been a boxer. So I'm somebody who is actually competent in this and I'm going to train you on actually how to do it and you're going to get in the ring and you're going to actually learn by doing and you're going to suck and you're going to fail and you're going to fall and you're going to get hit, but you're going to get better and then you're going to practice and you're going to, that's how you actually learn to do anything. Yeah. So school is the theory of how things work that doesn't actually translate and map out into real life. Acton Academy goes, okay, well then you're gonna actually try it. We're gonna actually do it. You're gonna actually do these things so that you can learn how to actually be competent in all of this, right? Like that is the basics, um, and now it's much more nuanced than that, but that's the basic um, game. Academia is kind of a pyramid scheme around academics. Like you get good at school to be better at school. That's the long tail game. 
That's why we have so much difficulty transferring somebody straight from school into any given workforce and have them be successful because you don't actually ever do the things you're meant to do, right? And so Acton Academy switches that up, upside down. So we want students taking things on early. They take on responsibilities early. They're gonna take on jobs early, jobs on campus, jobs off campus. They're gonna be teaching others. They're gonna collaborate around real world projects. So we might say, okay, um, you guys are all gonna, you know, do you, they do individual things and collaborative things, and we want to expose them to all those. It's that buffet. So we want to expose them to all those different things. So we might go, okay, here's the deal. You guys have uh, six weeks, and you're going to create a music video that is going to be a lip dub, um, and you guys have to coordinate. Every single person has to have a part in the video, um, and you've got to incorporate, you know, this, this, and this, uh, and you got to have it out in five weeks. You guys uh, are going to create an entire city. You have to build some out of hammer, uh, you know, with a hammer, wood, nails, whatever. You got a 3D print part of the city, and you got to put some of it together with clay and cardboard. You got to put it all together, and then you got to figure out how to run electricity to it. And then we're going to give you other little challenges throughout to learn how to build a water wheel or learn circuitry and all that kind of stuff. And then we're going to say, you guys got to go in six weeks. We're going to have 300 people in this auditorium and we're going to put all this together and you're going to flip a light switch and we're going to see if the, if the electricity comes on. And then, dude, they get after it. They get to work and they try. That's real learning. They're really building a city. They're really learning how electricity works. They're really learning to light up a city. And, dude, here's the thing. Even if they flip that switch and it doesn't come on, so what? Because then you just get to go back and go, okay, why didn't it work? Yeah. There's no arbitrary A, B, C, D. There's no... Failure is okay. Failure is a good thing, and we'll applaud it. And then we go back and go, cool, how do we fix it? But that's what all of their experiences are like. Right now, they're building out escape rooms on campus right now. And parents are going to come on uh, like Thursday or Friday, and they're going to come play these escape rooms. And they're going to come in, and they're going to try. They had to try to create all these different puzzles and then write a whole story and a background story and a theme. And they got to do this public presentation of... You know, they created a whole Titanic-based theme um, where, you you know, you got an hour to get off the ship because the ship's about to sink, and the only way to do it is to solve these puzzles. Like, they got to work together to create those things. When you got a human being that, that grows up doing that kind of stuff versus everybody's doing the same shit, same time. Fucking mummies. It's the, you just get a bunch of robots that don't give a shit because they know inherently it doesn't matter. You get a different human being, man. The mindset is different. The way yeah. you perceive the world is different. You know? I agree. I love how you start your days at school. How do all the students do? I, I love this part. So this is part this of that. how they start their days. This at is school. part of the old like it's a it's a weird life hack now, unfortunately, right? But the students, it doesn't matter if you're five, eighteen, whatever, they're in their studios. They're in a a, a circle that's a, a Socratic circle. Um, they're that they stand up, they turn to the person next to them, they look them in the eye and they say, good morning. And they shake hands. Shake they use your names. I'd say, good morning, Jose. And I would shake your hand. Right. And then you would turn and say, good morning to the person next to you. We go around and we start every single day like that because character still matters. Respect still matters. Being a person of integrity still matters. Um, and it matters now, ironically, yeah, more than more. it ever has, man, yeah. because so many people don't lack do it. it. They lack it. You know, so I've got young people that when we've got people on site, entrepreneurs on site, you know, CEOs or whatever coming in and, and I've got young people that are automatically walking up saying, hi, you know, my name is, nice to meet you. Let me show you around. Mm -hmm. People just lose their, they lose their shit. Yeah. Cause they're not used to when it. When you give someone your hand, some people are like weird about it. They, they don't, know, they don't what even know what to do. Yeah, they're like, wait, he's giving they me his hand. They don't even do, <laughs> right? And never mind when you get a young person that does it and does it confidently too. Looking at right? you in the eyes. Looking, looking at you in the eye yeah. because, not because, oh, this is what I was told to do. No, they understand why it's important mm -hmm. and they have the confidence to do, to it. do it. That's a different thing, man. And it just opens up so many more doors. It, explain the studios. Right? This so, is new. A lot of people, so, I, I didn't know it. I learned it that yeah. day, but it's very good. So it's, the studios is just, it's a mixed age group. Right, so depending on which acting campus you're on, you've got ages, you know, all different ages. We have, you know, TK through through high school, right? So we've got, I got five-year-olds, I got 18-year-olds, and we got everywhere in between. Um, but the studio is roughly about the same age, and that's going to be your primary group where you have um, your Socratic conversations and some of your collaborative projects with, right? So you got a studio that's kind of like five, six, seven-ish years old, and I say ish because. We'll pay attention to each kid, right? If that person is seven, but 
socially, emotionally, academically, they're still like, ah, they still kind of need to be with that younger group and that's where they vibe more, cool, man, that's fine. If there's seven going on 40 and they need to be, cool, man, then you go up here, right? And then you got kind of like the eight, nine, 10, 11, you got kind of your middle school group and you got kind of your high school group. So it's that mixed age group. Um, and that's where they're gonna, again, they're gonna have the Socratic, because the Socratic conversation where we're trying to get you to be able to articulate what you believe, why you believe it, um, have really high level conversations. Obviously that looks different for 18 year olds than it does five year olds, yeah. right? Um, but then they'll all still collaborate. You know, you might have 18 year olds teaching five year olds later on something or, um, so they still get to collaborate, but those studios are where they're, that's their primary group. And I like how you, you got everyone to, they have to learn to take and control of their situation. Like yeah, they yeah. want to, like you said, the homework situation. That's right. They, they got to take control of their learning, right? The, the ideal situation for us on our campus. This is, this is crucial. Is I love that this. Listen to this. The adults become as irrelevant as possible, as quickly as possible. So I always say like, and I try to shake parents up when they come in, right? To get them because we've been this. to get them to understand this. You could, I could tell that day there was a few that were like, wait, hold right. on, what do uh, you mean? There's and no, that's the yeah. point, man, is <laughs> I want to scare the shit out of them right away, right? Because I tell them like, the ideal situation on our campus is that none of the adults show up, none of the kids notice, nothing matters, and they still run it like a Fortune 500 company. Mm. And people go, oh, sure, that's cute. You know, bullshit, that's real. That's real. They will run their day. Um, and when they get efficient enough, they don't need us, want, like, we're there as guys, we're mentors, right? And, and people, well, it's, impo it's not impossible. If you coach young people playing basketball, right? You coach a, a team, of, a, you know, maybe you coach, middle, you coach middle school basketball. You taught them how to play basketball. Yeah. You taught them the skills. You taught them some plays. You're not out playing with them. You're, yeah. you're coaching from the sideline. You don't, and if they're, and if they're have been playing for a little while, right? Maybe they all grew up playing. They grew up playing together when they were five. And now they're all 12. So they've been doing this for seven years. Dude, your point guard might go, hey, man, you know, I know I'm calling this play, but I'm going to call this on the fly because I can beat this dude off the dribble, yeah. right? So if you'll come up, dude, we can pick and roll all day, whatever. And he can see those things because he's got the experience. They can make those calls on the fly. The coach is just kind of watching. You call timeout, maybe throw some things in there, but get back in the game. Is the coach up there lecturing them the whole time? No, they're operating. And the coach is like, hey, don't forget this. Don't forget that. That's yeah. what our school looks like as these young heroes get to know how the day works and get to know how to run a business, mm -hmm. the business of what they are doing, the adult becomes less and less relevant. Yeah. Right? That's a real and deal. That's life. That's life. Yep. And so they're not having to get thrust into it at 22, when at this point they have had 22 years of somebody else telling them what to do and when to do it. And now all of a sudden you got a boss that's like, hey man, I expect you to do well. And they're like, what? Fucking, can I go to the bathroom? And you're like, what the? F you're like, that's what we're creating with school. Yeah. You know, at this point, you got somebody that's taking that shit and they're owning it. They're owning their life. Yes. And getting parents on board with something like this is for sure tough. I it's can see hard, that. Man. I like the process of how you did it, how you show them. You can't just enroll them there because it just shows that you're, you're, you want them to be successful. You're not, I don't want just your money. You're not like, oh, enroll everyone here, I just want your money. You're like, no, I wanna make sure if you're here, we're all on board, it's a community. Yep. And that's it. Your, your kid is successful here. That's right, man, it's um, gotta be that way. If you try to open you know, something up this, like this to, to everybody, you end up serving nobody, mm -hmm. you know, because it just gets, it gets messed up. So you're right, you gotta have that. You know, it, it breaks my heart because I want it for every young person. Mm -hmm. Um, but before we can get people to get out of, you know, 90, it's like 92% of our population has gone through government schools. Dude, if 92% of the shit you bought had to come through Amazon, people would be freaking, like, they'd freak out. It'd be like, dude, that's a, that's a monopoly. It's a monopoly. Like, yeah. you can't have 92% of all your products coming through that. But we're going to send 92% of our people through this same system for 12 years? That's a monopoly, mm -hmm. right? We're creating a mass mindset and that's dangerous Hell right man. and so until we can we can't change that without that's starting good. and showing that's something right, right we got to show something different and so we're creating the i mean we can talk about the issues of this model all day long the reality is we got to create something better right gary always says you don't you know don't tear don't get the biggest building by tearing down the other building build your building bigger mm -hmm. and so that's what we're doing is building that building bigger 
so that people can start to see that so that we're not having to try to convince anybody. They just get it and they just want to come. Like yeah. they, they just, they have to have that. Yeah, that's right? the best way to getting somebody to join your because team they or anything. They, the, your they, success speaks for itself. I don't have to that's knock it. down the public school system and all this. Exactly like, look, it, look what I'm doing. Yep. Talk so. about your business fair, man. That business fair you did with the kids. Yeah. So, so part of what we do, every young person starts a business with us and that's every year. Um, they either start a new business or they take their business into perpetuity. And I don't care if they're five years old, 12 years old, 18 years old, they're starting a business or taking it into perpetuity. And people will, will mistake that and they'll go, hey man, you think everybody should be an entrepreneur? And I actually think most people shouldn't really be it's not, you're not met. Some man, people, this some people do, this is a DNA thing. It's a DNA thing, <laughs> it's a dude. DNA it thing. is a DNA thing, yeah. man. Like you have got like to have that special thing. But the reality is everybody benefits from the entrepreneurial mindset. You were talking about, we were talking about Andy Frazella and his right-hand man. His right-hand man is crushing it, right? He's not the entrepreneur in that scenario. He works, technically works for Andy, but I guarantee you he's in that because he's got an entrepreneurial mindset. He's looking for ways to continuously provide value. He's not afraid to adapt. He's not afraid to pivot. He's not afraid to put in the long hours if he's got to put in. He's got, that, he's got the entrepreneurial tendencies, right? Yeah. Everybody benefits from that, mm -hmm. whether you're the entrepreneur or you're an employee. So we want our heroes to develop that. So they all, best way to do it is by doing it, starting a business. So every single year we will have a business fair where uh, they will have at least six weeks. A lot of them, again, are taken into perpetuity, so they're doing it year round um, to, to start a business, bring a product or service to the market, and then we'll have a big fair um, where we'll have them all out on uh, you know, campus. They have booths set up with their business, their product, their service, or whatever, and we invite the community in. So last year we had, uh, in a three-hour time frame, we had 1,500 people come by. Um, we got about 100 booths out there. And we had kids, you know, some of the kids, the younger ones are happier and shit. They made 50 bucks selling cupcakes, right? These five-year-olds and they're cute. And, and then they go through and they're figuring out the change and, and they're figuring out how much money they made. Sometimes parents make them borrow money to start and have to pay it back. And, you know, depending on the parent and all this, which is rad. We also had people, we had young people make four grand. Uh, three hours on a Saturday, make four Gs because they're making some legit stuff. Or they've started businesses that they take into perpetuity and they're starting to do services you know i got a um young man a couple years ago started doing kind of camera work and, and stuff like some of these studs are doing over here right and and it, this year he's a senior he's probably only on campus because he's finished all of his stuff that needs to as far as graduation he's probably only on campus two three hours a week because the rest of the time he's out running his business he's out shooting commercials he's out um doing podcasts he's out doing like he's created his business there and he's thriving you know and i got students that pay their own tuition because they make enough in their business to pay their own tuition. Um, so yeah, it's great, man. So the business fair every single year, we'll get thousands of people there, man. And, and it's it's just the best, dude, it's the best day. It's badass, I so, love that shit, so I love that shit. So I love too how you, uh, the parents are, most of the parents, not most of them, but obviously all of them support and believe in what you're doing, but they are also themselves Entrepreneurs, all of them got the same mindset. You know a lot, for sure. So that it, makes it makes sense that they've adopted it easier than some people who are yeah. of the. I grew up in school being told what to do. I want to be a forever employee being told what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. That that's a harder thing for them to switch switch over. So the right. entrepreneurs, you know, tend to to go, go. Hell yeah, this makes a whole lot of sense. Right. Yeah. This is the way the world actually works. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. We got a lot of uh, entrepreneurial parents who are, who are very much for on sure. board. I actually, I was telling you, I run the gym very similar to that. Yes, sir. I do the warrior program and, yes, and I do a lot of the same stuff, how you said. Yep. I, I, I tell you what I expect from you and it's up to you to do it or not. That's right. If you don't do it, you're, you're going to stay there forever. That's I'm not going to hold your hand. That's right. You got to figure it out right. and go through it. Getting the parents on board is definitely a battle because mm -hmm. uh, yep. the whole thing, but I really yep. like how you... Yeah, try to broke it down and how we just try to filter as much as possible by breaking it down and going, yep. look, man, this either makes sense to you or it doesn't. Yep. Either one's fine. I got no will will towards you. If you don't get you it, don't man, battle it's all me. good. Don't but battle us. We got no got no desire. Yep. I'm not gonna waste my time trying to convince you. So what do you see 
happening with Acting Academy with you and this in the future? Give us your, yeah. what, what's your vision? What is, uh, what, I know there's a few campuses opening up. You told me maybe Auburn. And you so, said yeah. SAC I mean, has one. So I've got one in, yeah, I've got, you know, Roseville, SAC, and Lincoln right now. Um, we've got parents, you know, all over the place that um, are interested. And it's it's about the finding the real estate matters too, right? Finding those mm-hmm. spots. So, um, but I'm also part of the, um, what we call governance council for the entire network. And that sounds fancy. I don't get anything for it. It just, I get a chance, <laughs> I, get, I get a chance to work more. Like that's it, right? Um, but I get to work with guys like Andy and, and help open one out there in Missouri, right? I get to work with um, the, the calls that I had before I came in here. I was talking to a lady in New York and I was talking to a couple in Ohio, right? About helping them get up and running so that they can be successful in opening theirs. Um, so we, as a network, you know, I'm very committed to getting as many of these going as we can. So we, right now we got 200 and almost 300 globally, which people don't know because we've been quiet. We've been kind of under the radar. And there's a reason we're kind of under the radar. Part of that game of education, it is very much run by teachers unions and teachers unions will go to the end of the earth to battle. And I'm talking some mafia shit. Like they're not, it's not, like there's a there's a reason they want public school, government school, something that everybody has to go through cradle to grave, you know, kind of deal. So anybody creating a better alternative, that's a dangerous thing for them. So we've been kind of floating under the radar as we're building, um, but it's at this point like we're kind of ready to to push this. So we've got, you know, we we've we've got some partners um, that are. That, everybody in the world knows who they are um, yep. that are very excited about this that are bringing actins you know so we're going to continue to we're going to continue to push man in the next few years i think we'll have a we'll have a thousand strong locations that's badass mm-hmm. that's badass yep. um what do you uh do you doing what's your hobbies do you do anything else when you're not working what what is uh, when you're not you in acting academy what, what, what do you uh, what's what's what do you matt yeah, do well, i mean talk to me about that you know it's the we were talking about that entrepreneurial DNA and dude that is you're 24 seven I, I can't it's help. hard to shut off shut off it is hard to shut it off man so I've always got you know we got the obviously the campuses are going the campuses don't need me they're running day to day stuff um, I'm there just because I love it and I love the people I get to be with mm-hmm. um, but you know so I'm always looking at other things too so like Tim and I have that mentorship program um, we're also launching a college alternative um, for young men that'll launch this. Uh, this fall so always building out you know things to to be able to help and to serve um but obviously in my family takes you know any any i make sure that family is a, is a priority you know wife and, and three kids and we've got horses that takes time we've got a ranch that takes time and um and that honestly is a nice way to kind of shut the mind off for a little bit and get out and have to do the physical labor stuff yeah. you know it just shuts off that little you have to um, you, it you helps to recoup. It, it helps you recoup. That's it, That's kind of like the rest and recovery, you know. So um, that really has ended up being it. You know, I try to stay in in um, in decent shape as a former athlete. You start to you look good. To, so um, it's you know you know how it goes. Dude, as you get older, boxing you were looking good. So I appreciate that, yeah. man. Um, and so you know, try to stay in shape and stay you know working out. But it's it's family and ranch stuff, and it's pretty it's a pretty simple it's a pretty simple existence, man. Which is. I think I've said yes for so long collecting those experiences. I have a really solid idea of who I am at this point. Yeah. I definitely don't have anything else I, you know, want to prove. I was a 5'9 white dude that could dunk. I was, you know, I You jumped. could dunk? I could, man. Oh, Back shit. in the day, I had, dude, I had, yeah, I had, um, you know, I had nine, nine fights in the cage. I put myself in there. I've done TED Talks. I've done, like, I've, I've taken on, I've done the experiences that I wanted to have. So I got nothing that I feel like I got to prove to anybody yeah. about anything. So I feel like I'm playing with house money at this point, right? So <laughs> for real. So like the rest of my life is just cool, man. Uh, wife, wife and kids first, and then after that, how else can I help humanity, man? And and uh, I'm at peace, man. I've got I got a you know between here and here, man. I got peace, dude. So all right, let's get into some random stuff before we end it. Before, all right. Uh, What's your favorite spot to eat around here? Dude, Tang's might be it now. You really like it that much? It was good, dude. That was legit. I love sushi, man. So any sushi restaurants are, you know, and, and, uh, you know. Tang's is fire. Dude, Tang's is super good. You have to talk to him. 
You, you'll yeah. see him if you go in there. He's yeah. an amazing dude. Good, good. Great folks. story too. Yeah. Great story. Amazing dude. That's awesome. Man. He, and I he's, love. He's very low key though. He does not like camera. Okay. All right. Well, Taro is quite the. I mean, Taro's my boy yeah. too, and great Ta- dude, right? He, he so, likes camera. And he likes the camera. He's, he's, he's tight. He's I'm actually gonna have him on the podcast. You should, man. I had him on not too long after I had you. Oh really? Yeah, I'm gonna have him on. He's got a good story too. He dude, he's got a hell of a story. Yeah, I need. I'm gonna help him. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I talked to him about six months ago about coming on. Oh yeah. And um. And something happened. Oh, that second wave of COVID oh, happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot yeah, of stuff. Garbage. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a great dude, man. So any any kind sushi and and steak, man. I'm I'm golden. I don't How about steak? Else, Where's so. your steakhouse out here? Uh, dude, I, honestly, I make it. Oh, you? I make it. Like I, I'll, anybody that's doing steak. So the steakhouse is at your house. But dude, <laughs> steakhouse is at my house. Steakhouse is at my house at this point, man. What? I did a little Traeger, a little reverse sear. Um, dude, it's. Anything, so, you, anything you want to add to the podcast? Anything you want to be like, hey, say this? Anything, anything you want to say? You know, man, the, the biggest thing I just always wish for people, dude, is, is especially when you got parents, especially when you're talking about young people, is do quit living in fear. That's it, you know, because I found that more and more, whether I go talk to an organization, whether I'm talking to parents, whether I'm talking to young people, whether I'm talking like, you get down to the point where people are, there's so many people are just living, they don't have that peace. You know, and they mm-hmm. they are, and it's a lot of times because they're afraid. They're afraid to piss somebody else off. They're afraid to make somebody else feel bad. They're afraid that you know, my mom and dad won't agree with this or somebody else won't agree with this. My friends won't agree with this. <laughs> like, whatever. It usually is a fear of somebody else's opinion. I mean, it, almost you remind always. Me of this, uh, right? It reminds me of this David Goggins, uh, I, was it a podcast? I think it was a podcast. Mm-hmm. And he, he mentioned this, and it, it totally reminded me of it. He's talking about how there's two people there's a difference between a person that has no fucking excuse with the person that's trying to find an excuse to get out of something. Mm. Like if you're gonna go wake up and you're gonna go running tomorrow. Yep. Some people check the forecast. Oh, it's sunny. Okay, cool, I'm gonna go run. Oh, it's gonna be cold and rainy. Oh, fuck that, I'm gonna work out inside tomorrow. Yep. He's all, and then there's people that are, don't give a fuck what tomorrow is and they're gonna go run regardless if there's a thunderstorm, right. sunny, it don't matter, you're there and they're working out. Dude. And that's kind of what it reminded me of right yeah. now with the said, the fear, like you're living in fear. Yes. And he said it to the T, I, w- I could agree with him very, 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 just how he was like, who gives a fuck? Uh, I had multiple people tell me all the time about different things at random stages in my life, like, oh, hold on, maybe don't do that yet because oh, this right. may happen or right. da, da, da. I don't give a fuck what happens. Yeah. If it happens, I'll find a way to I'll make it happen. It out at that point. Yeah, I'll figure that's it out. Right. But, yeah, so uh, but going forward, way. dude, it's that's it, man. And just go forward and make it happen. People like I legitimately forget sometimes that these last two years have been weird for a lot of people. Yeah. Right? I forget that people are um are masked up. I forget and not in a, you know, I don't want to sound like I don't give a shit about other people because that's not the case. I forget that it's been so uh, such a drastic difference for so many people because we're just gonna freaking go. We're just gonna live, we're just gonna do what the hell we wanna do. And it's like you said, you get some weird things like, okay, so we're just, we're gonna, our business shut down. We're not shutting shit down. Mm-hmm. Uh, social distancing and all the kids have to wear, get the fuck out of here with that. Like, this is what we're gonna do. And if somebody comes and tries to tell us otherwise, I'll deal with it at that point. And sure enough, county health director comes by and was like, here's what you gotta do. Here's how you gotta shut down. I was like, thank you for coming. Appreciate your concern. Here's why we're not going to take it easy. Like, and. And that was, and I didn't give it another thought after that. And everything's been great and we're continuing to grow and we've added two more campuses since then. Like we're yeah. just, we're just gonna keep doing, and that's just a metaphor for life in general. Like it's just like that. Like if that's your plan, that's your plan. Yeah, you can do Something it. else gets in the way. Sometimes the obstacle, like, you know, holiday, right? Some, the obstacle is the way sometimes, yeah. right? So the obstacle is there. Cool, man. Then that's a challenge. What do I get to learn from this challenge right here? If you want it bad enough, you find it. You, you will figure find it out, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll figure it out. I got to share one more story to you Please. that reminds me. Uh, Angelo, one of my boxing coaches growing up, he, lived, he grew up in Real Linda. Yeah. And he mentioned how a girl in uh, Del Paso Heights yeah. when he was younger was like, hey, you come over tonight, you know, I'll give you some action. Yeah, yeah. And he was he was a he was a teen. He didn't have yeah. a car or nothing. And his ass wore, drove a tractor from Real Linda to her house Bro. to make sure he got there and got the Bro. cookie. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> he drove Bro. a tractor. Bro. He said it was 2 a.m. and he was going like 10 miles an hour on the tractor. For and, sure. And to get it. For Be- sure. Because it was not a, it was no, right. there was no um. I don't have no transportation. He wanted it bad enough and he made this shit happen. Dude, and that is life lesson. 
for yeah. sure. I had a girl call. She's like, man, I'm I'm flying in right now. I'm flying. I'm gonna I'm gonna fly into the airport. I'm and I'm like, cool, man, do it. Let's go. I had no car, right? And so my boy, I'm like, dude, hey man, can I borrow your car? He's like, dude, do you know how to drive stick? And I'm like, of course. Oh, burn the clutch, dude. I've never, <laughs> never driven stick in my life. I'm like, dude, yeah, man, of course I do, right? I just got to go to the airport. So I got his car, and I'm like, I gotta figure it out. All right, so I learned. I learned on the fly again. I learned by doing it. Yep. By the time I got back, I could drive a stick. Yep. <laughs> so she gets hey, sir. <laughs> I'll set you up on that. Yep. Hey. So that's awesome, man. But that's, that's it's true. Yeah. Hey, how can people stay in touch with you, man? How can we a hey, uh, keep up with Matt? How can I appreciate it, man? Uh, give us your your social media yeah, handles man. and all that. Um, obviously, the Essential Eleven. You know, if you want to check out the podcast, man, that's great. Um, I'm most active on IG. It's just my name, uh, Matt Matt Bodro. But check out the Acton Academy schools, man. ActonAcademy.org. Uh, if you're in the SAC area, ActonPlacer.com. Um, and uh, the mentorship program too, man. If you got a young man, uh, Apogee Strong, you know, is what Tim and I are doing. So uh, check that out. And Apogee U will come out uh, this this fall. So What's the look H out for that? that too. So Apogee Strong, man, is is because of the topics we get into and some of the mentors we have. You know, I always recommend kind of a mature 12, 13, maybe at the at the youngest. Um, and we've got Teenagers. guys up into the yeah up into 18, 19, 20. I think we got a couple guys in their early 20s. Um, and then Apogee U will be a post high school, you know, college alternative, um, one year college alternative for young men. Uh, so, you know, we have to be post high school for that. But good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Um, do you have any? Every podcast drops on a Monday, so what's a good way to start a week for you? Uh, give us, give us a routine through Matt, Matt's uh, daily, weekly start. Yeah, the week, the week always looks different because every day is is a combination of whatever I've got going on of of all of those different things we've been talking about on the podcast. But every day um, actually starts, you know, for me the night before. It's always the, uh, my boy Craig Ballantyne kind of got me on this for the last few years. And it's really just the night before with that super big brain dump trying to get, okay, here's all the things I know I got to get out. I just put them out on paper so I'm not embedding as an entrepreneur. You know, you, sometimes you go to bed and you're just, just like, back dude, you're just rolling because you're like all the, you know, I got to solve the world's problems right here while I'm laying in bed. You know, and it just, all it does is keep you awake. So I get that brain dumped down and I prioritize my list for, you know, for the next day. So Sunday I'm prioritizing my Monday, man. So I know exactly what to do. Um, and then every morning starts out the same as far as getting up, grabbing coffee. That's when I do a lot of my reading and studying while I'm, while I'm kind of drinking that in the morning and get a little bit of like focus time, hit my workout, um, hit the shower. And by then the kids are up and, and we're rocking and rolling on that priority list. So, but it always starts the night before. Great stuff. All right. Well, thank you for again Dude, for coming pleasure, on, man. man. Thank you, oh, man. Thank you guys for listening. If you got something from this episode, you enjoyed it, or you know someone that could enjoy it or get gain something from it, share it with them. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Leave a comment, like, and uh, thank you guys for listening. I'll see you next Monday where we'll be talking about enthusiasm. I don't even know how I said it right. Yeah, you just I said it right. I always struggle with my English for some reason. You're good. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We are out. Deuces.